Hello everyone, welcome to Anime News and Reviews Podcast. My name is Speedy, and with me today are my two co-hosts, as usual, Blake and Colton. Hello! Good evening. So last week we started our Fire Force review, and we didn't get too far. We did the first two arcs, ended after Company 5 arc, where we met Hibana. So this week we will be continuing the Fire Force review with the next arc, which is Special Fire Force Company 1. If you missed our last episode, it is just the part one of our Fire Force review. It's available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, RSS Podcasts. Pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, it's probably going to show up. Just search Anime News and Reviews. So, without any further ado, let's continue on our Fire Force review. So we pick up with the Company 1 arc. So, Company 8, which is where our main characters reside in, are going to be infiltrating and investigating the first company fire brigade. Um, Essentially, they're trying to figure out any connections they have to the Infernals, because... And human combustion. Yes, thanks to Company 5's Hibana, we know that they are artificially produced. And not necessarily naturally occurring. Which is not what I would have expected. You know, it's kind of a crazy thing, but... I would not have assumed that there's someone that causes this to happen, rather than like some phenomena that they had to figure out. But anyway, uh, so yes... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget who all goes. I know Shinra goes, and I think Arthur goes. Yeah. Uh, Does anyone else uh, go? At I first, don't think Maki, so. At first, Maki, Maki escorts him, but that's it. That's well, she she does there. escort them, yes. She escorts them there, and that's about it. Okay, okay. So, yes, Shinra and Arthur, of course. I guess they are the newbies of the eighth company so it makes sense that they would go because i think it's supposed to be like some sort of training thing for new recruits yeah to broaden experiences so from company one see what burns is up to uh yeah patch guys doing i'm not gonna lie when i met company uh the first company's uh captain burns i was just like oh my gosh this guy it's really cool. He's like a total beefcake. I still like him. Yeah, but we know who was whooping him. So anyway, <laughs> I, I assumed he was the strongest captain, but um, a couple arcs later, we are proven wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? So when they arrived there, right? Yes. It's funny to me that they're all like military f- fatigues or whatever. And, um, I can't remember if you said it. I think it was, like, Rekka, or maybe it was Korean. It was, like, military fatigues in the chapel. It's like, oh my goodness gracious. These dudes are about to be crazy. Yeah. I, it, it was, it was neat, because they had to go through, they were originally going to go through this, like, trial, almost. Mm. Because I think they they had those, like, three company captains, I think it was. Um, If I could remember their names right now. Do you remember? uh, So you had Rekka and Kareem. I think they were, like, two of the group of the three. And there was one other guy who he had, like, blonde hair and he would wear... It was almost, like, not quite a fedora, but some kind of a, like... I, I can't remember his name. That's okay. Not necessarily. So, yeah, but it's like the way I kind of got it was okay. So, you got Burns, he's the captain of Squad One, and they kind of oversee, like, they're the Fire Forces, you know, section basically, kind of, of like the Holy Soul Temple, stuff like that. And the way I looked at it was, yeah, basically, because I don't recall Burns having a lieutenant that I'm aware of. So, instead, it's just kind of like, instead, he has these. They're three kind of all three guys who, yeah, they're kind of like all three share the responsibilities of lieutenants. 
Well, they're all Luke Kennedy. Yeah, now that you say that, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he essentially has three. I mean, I think ca- uh, the first company isn't it like the largest one? <laughs> Wait, no. I do not recall. It seemed to me, as far as like numbers go, I would say I believe the largest is maybe like two or three. Maybe one of the ones that's like sponsored by Hygema. Two is the military no, one. Hygema. So. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Yeah. I think the well, the military one I'd reckon would be bigger than the scientist back one. Yeah. I, I would agree. And like maybe like personnel wise, um I feel like Hajima kinda is just like a or Fire Force three is kinda just a fest fecade. Well anyway, we'll get it that's a later conversation. <laughs> I feel like Fire Force three is just shifty. That's fair. So when they get there, they meet the three lieutenants and uh, Captain Burns as well. Um, but then, after meeting everyone, uh, Shinra asks Captain Burns if uh, he would spar with him. Which yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, chill, Shinra. Like, what? I think, huh? I think the thing was, if he lands a hit, then Burns has to answer his question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it was he, instead of just going one at a time, I think they, like, both came at him at the same time, Arthur and Shinra, together. Well, first, well, yeah. But, um, I thought they did. I could be wrong, but if I remember, I thought they both tried to go at him together. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. They definitely did. Um, But first, fights that one dude, um... Potato guy. Potato guy. Ah, yes. Juggernaut. Juggernaut, yeah. Um, I love that guy. He fought uh, Uh, Rekka, I believe. Yeah, he fights Rekka, bro, and I love Jug. He, like, in the later story, in, like, season two, is, like, a baller, bro. Um, But um, he does some baller stuff in season two. However, um, he's just, like, kind of, like, you know, he doesn't do much. He's, he's afraid of fire. Yeah, and he's got potential. Like, dude, his freaking missiles are huge. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's huge. They look like they'd have a lot of firepower. But Rekka is just Rekka, uh, Rekka, whatever, however you're saying. The dude just handles it no problem. And then one kind of scoots away. And and that's when Kareem I, steps in. Yeah, my favorite is Kareem. Like, he has the dumbest way of talking. Bro. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, yes. You're, yeah. you're ass and even you're an ass 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 is ass like what <laughs> and like the way he just talks and talks to arthur and shinra and stuff is so funny to me but i was super you know i'm super intrigued by like every new character we meet and like dude all of a sudden he just he like just shakes this bell man and, it's, and he like sucks it up and he's got this big old tuba i call him tuba guy and he okay. freaking launch, and it just freezes. It just lets out this, and dude, it freezes. So it basically like he basically takes the heat away from them. Yeah, yeah. And and he turns like, them into ice. Heat into sound waves, and then uses the sound waves through like the leftover heat. I don't know molecules or particles, what have you, and then basically freezes instead of heating. So he's super cool, you know what I'm saying? And him and Rika, Rika have like a little, you know, banter. He said, oh, well, I, he said, good thing I was here, blah, blah, blah. And Rika said, no, I knew you were going to be there. <laughs> but yeah, that fight was cool. Like, you got to kind of like see how like my stars is and yeah, like, see how kind of powerful he is, I guess. So he's not that strong, but yeah. He's pretty strong. I mean, he's but lieutenant run. strong. Yeah. yeah, but then like Arthur and Shinra do because Burns is like, "Come at me like you're trying to kill me. Otherwise, you're not gonna do anything." Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's like, "Well, he's like my pl- his plasma blade will surely cut his hand off." Blah blah blah, and it literally does nothing. Yeah. He just he just like, blocks Shinra, it. Like Shinra tries kicking through his chest and like nothing. Dude, my favorite part on that, like, my favorite animation there, though, is, like, let me know if you guys like it, when they, like, Shinra will kick, 
um, when he kicks him in the chest and then like the fire explodes out of his back up behind him. Yeah, fucking love it. And then when like he's like stuck there, kind of, and he just hits Shinra like, but he like hits him, but not really hard, you know. But it it just kind of showcases his power and strength, dude. And like that same thing, that same kind of animation happens to Shinra, dude. But it's like freaking crazy coming out of his back. Dude, I love that right there. That that was I was like, oh god. Yeah, that was the animation of Fire Force is it's so good, so good. Yeah, there's some yeah. anime that's animation really just amazes me. Demon Slayer Honestly. is another one. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah, so they kind of they do that spar, and I think at one point he decided. You know, basically, they probably weren't going to land a successful hit on him, but he still chose to, like, give him, threw him a bone, basically. It was like, all right, I'll give you some information as to kind of probably the information that I think I know what you're looking for. And kind of told him about what happened with the fire with uh, his mom and his brother from 12 years ago. You can't forget about Tamaki. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that too, yeah. Oh, she shows up. Freaking Tamaki. My God, freaking love with Rekka. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll so, yeah, they like. <laughs> yeah, well, so it's like, yeah. As far as lieutenants go, they showcase uh, Karim or is it Kareem? I'll say Karim's ability, and then we kind of get an idea as to what Rekka sort of does. Um, but not quite, but he's mainly kind of more. We see mostly like he's the the big the personality of the three lieutenants, and so. You're kind of meant to like his character, at least when he's first introduced, or you're supposed to kind of find him sort of charming. And Which then, is honestly why it's why I thought he was the most suspicious. Yeah, it seemed like he was kind of putting on a little too much. Like, he was a little little strong there. A little but, forced. you know, that could have just been his character. I mean, it is his character. That's not a farce. Oh, that is who he is. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um... Yeah, dude, uh, Rick is kind of cool to me at that part. Um, I kind of just, I don't know, Fire Force has got, like, cool character eyes, as where as that is. Um, Rick has got, like, the, one of the cooler eyes in the show. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, this guy looks cool. And he's, like, super charismatic, like, super, like, it's not the first time I've seen someone, like, super charismatic, like, super duper willing to go like but i also put into the thought of like he's an altar boy as well so he's you know maybe this is just who he is and then um i think they kind of have like at that moment don't they have like a a long go off or something uh or is that like they have a long go off and they all talk about how they're gonna go handle it Yes, yes, there's an alarm uh, for an, an infernal. Yeah, the infernal alarm goes off, and uh, but the crazy part is, is obviously they're like, we'll go handle it, yada yada yada. Yeah. And- Arthur and Shinner go with them, um, but they kind of tell them just to watch. Yeah, yeah. people duty While basically. One hand- handles it. Yeah, like here, watch these folks. You know, make sure help, kind of help with evacuation, whatever needs to be done. Yeah, and then at one point, I think while they're helping the evacuation, I can't remember if it was Arthur or Shinra who caught it, but they thought they saw something kind of suspicious, and they kind of go over into like this uh, it was, street. It was Shinra. And then they, yeah, Shinra, and then they kind of see in the next alley over. There's this guy, and he's just kind of chilling there by this alley, and then they see just like kind of like this arm cloaked in. Uh, white lieutenant's robe kind of with like a glass jar being put into this guy's back essentially and they're like well what's going on there next thing you know this dude straight up just explodes into flames and turns into a second infernal so now there's two infernals and they're like what the hell did we just seriously watch someone turn someone into an infernal an artificial infernal and then he's like okay yeah i can't let that slide so i gotta follow this guy whoever it is so they go chasing this guy down the alley, and then finally, by the time they get to like this really back end area of the alley, they run into Rekka and Karen. And, and they're Shinra like, oh, doesn't okay, know which is... one that was just yeah. now. 
and he's like, all right, this is awkward. This is suspicious and awkward, and now I'm confused because I don't know which one it is. Are they both in on it? Is it just one? I don't know. Yeah. And then that's when the suspicion really just exponentially raises because he knows now that there's at least one person that's in in, uh, in company company one. Do you remember when we talked about Shinra kind of like being smarter than most protagonists? Yes. This is a good my example. Boy. Yes, bro, because my boy Arthur comes on earlier and he said, Where were. And Shinra just bows him in the stomach and puts his arm around him and is just like, Shut up. Don't say anything. We'll talk about the And like, it was so like. Shinra's a G, bro. He really is. Like, yeah. His, like, social aptitude is just on point. And I think that has to do with a lot with, like, him just being alone for most of it, all of his life. Like, you're not going to, like, be, like, not quick to pick up social cues, you know what I'm saying? And survive for however long by yourself. But, uh, yeah, dude, that part was kind of funny. And Arthur's like, what? Like, <laughs> 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 he's so goofy, Arthur is ex- an extraordinary <laughs> individual. Man, he's like one That's of my, one way to put it. He's my favorite, man. Leave him alone. That's my Xbox gamer tag. Is like the picture of when he first shows up at the 8th. And um, he's got his hair up or whatever. And he's got his like jacket over his sh- shoulder. That's my gamer tag picture. It's pretty lit. But, uh... Yeah, dude, and then, but, dude, at the same time, Arthur's so smart, because they play into this next little play or whatever, the next little thing, and uh, they kind of, like, are like, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's sneak into Kareem's room, like, see what's going on, start there, whatever we find, we find, you know what I'm saying, like, let's do this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yep. And this dude, Arthur, pulls out a little freaking, basically, it's a little mini cross. And he just... Excalibur. Yeah, and, like, because, like, the door's He's locked. like, I can only use it once. And then he just cuts the freaking lock off. And Arthur, or Shimmer's like, dude, well, there goes uh, us being, like, you know, non-discreet. And lo and behold, man, they go in this little drawer, conveniently placed. And this drawer is a freaking infernal bug in a glass jar. Obviously, they, like, freak out or whatever. But then, like, out of all p- people who walk through the doors... Who would have thought Kareem, Kareem would go into Kareem's room? You know? <laughs> and, excuse me, my dog just busted through my door. But uh, I can't... It's okay. <laughs> uh, he, um... He was, like... Well, actually, I placed that there as a trap because um, Kareem, as like cool as he is, was also like pick, kind of picked up on Shinra's like um, awkwardness, okay? <laughs> and was like, uh, so you must have seen some because he's had his suspicions a little bit about um, someone there. Uh, because there was like a weird accident with Rekka um, at a. Uh, was it like a school? Like a. I can't even remember. It was like a school or something. A bunch of children like caught on fire. Yeah. Or, and uh, so he kind of, you know, has his own suspicions or whatever. And he planted that bug in his own drawer to see like what those two were thinking. And it kind of like, you know, worked out to, you know, they, their minds kind of just said, okay, we're on this. I'm picking up what you're throwing down here. And... <laughs> Dude, Kareem, he is literally a clown. Because he's like, okay, you guys, I'll handle it from here. And Arthur and Jenner are like, nah, we're good. We're going to help. <laughs> and he's like, well, this is an order to help and or to stand down. And Arthur was like, well, we're not even like part of your guy we're not even your guys anyway you're like you're not our senior he's like well this is me telling you to not go and he's like well we're gonna do what we want anyway he's like so basically you're my guys who aren't my guys but who are all my guys i was like oh my god typical kareem 
Oh, he said, so basically you guys are my guys who aren't my guys, but are my guys. And I said, like, oh, man. So after that happens, in the anime, did it go straight to Tamaki talking to those children? Yep. Okay. I, I wanted to make so. sure that that was the same. So pretty this much is- she, uh, like I think it was mentioned, like the infernal, like human combustion was happening to kids more frequently lately. Yeah. And there are these there were two of them in the manga but there are these two children that are like talking about it and then tamaki shows up and just like hey fire scary huh it is you want to come with me to be safe from the flames and it's kind of creepy but yeah it was i was not expecting that because you know Uh, at this point we're just like yeah rake is the bad person Literally, and then um, here's Tamaki doing this. It's just like, oh, oh no, oh gosh. Um, okay, so I don't know if you know, but those two kids that she talks to off rip. Yeah, take a better look at one of them. You finished the manga, so like, you know what I'm saying. Just make that connection, that correlation, and get back to me later on that. Uh, the darker hair, the lighter hair. Um. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you've read the manga. It'd be in like near season two. I want to yeah. say. I think I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Dude, yeah, that kind of freaked me out too. I was like, dude, my mom told me not to take candy from strangers, and this is. But okay, you're telling me if you're a kid that age. And a freaking other kids' age are catching on fire, and you're literally just talking about it. And a sister, kind of sitting, whatever, as cute as Tomaki is, comes walking up to you like, "Would you like to?" Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to be safe. Let's go. I'll, I'll definitely not catch on fire. Take <laughs> me there. What do you mean? So yeah, yeah and it's like so you see Tamaki, she's kind of got her goodwill, and she's trying to. She sees these kids who clearly are afraid and in need of some kind of help or some sense of you know self security, and she's like, okay, they're looking for some kind of safety to know that their lives are going to be okay. I guess I can provide that for them, and you can see she's got a passion for what she does, but at the same time, you're like. Okay, this feels like maybe she's maybe kind of doing this under someone else's orders, and it doesn't feel like it's burnt. And so she, you know, leads these kids to this, some kind of like a, I wouldn't even really call it a warehouse, but I guess just kind of like a building that's maybe sort of still under construction, give or take. Yeah, it's kind of like a rundown building. Yeah, and then that's basically where we find out who the, uh, What's the word? I guess the um, betrayer. Yeah, the imposter, the uh, betrayer of Company One really is. And it's Rekka. Stalker! Plot twist. Although, they kind of made it seem like Tamaki was, like, in on it. Yeah. And she knew what she was doing, but she actually didn't really know what was happening. She thought she was actually saving these children, but... She, she really did. She then finds out that that is not the case, unfortunately. Yeah, he had been taken advantage of. Yeah. When he, like, hit, like, oh, bro. Yeah. <clears throat> Poor her. So Rekka, like, goes on this whole rant, essentially, for why he does what he does in the name of the Evangelist, who's the person that he and these other members of this mysterious group known as the Knights of the Ashen Flame uh, all follow. Which apparently he is a member of. Yes. And so now we have an idea as to who the main threat, at least in season one of Fire Force, really is. Um, with the evangelist still kind of being like the main boss, essentially, of the entire yeah. series. And yeah, he basically owes us long winded rant of why he does what he does for their order and that he enjoys the work he does and stuff like that. And you just slowly start to see him. You know, go from it starts out kind of like a very small okay, can... tangent where it's like, okay, maybe he's going to explain himself, but he's not going to be as harsh about it. And he's like, okay, this kind of makes sense. And then it just goes from making sense to, okay, yeah, this guy's like a total psychopath. Yeah. No, literally, dude. It went from like, all right, this is all right. Okay. 
I can understand that, sure. Given circumstance, dude, what the hell are you saying? You're like literally yeah. in a matter of like ten seconds, dude. It was like, like, did you off? Hang on, brother. Like, yep. And then, of course, poor Tamaki. You know, she's slowly starting to put two and two together. And then by the time she does, he starts, you know, physically assaulting her and beating the shit out of her. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah. And then this guy proceeds to. I can't remember if he killed one of the kids already. But then he goes over to one of the kids, and he straight up puts one of these bugs. He killed the, the mother, time, I think. Yeah. yeah. Killed the mom. Killed the freaking mom, and then proceeds to put one of these bugs, which at the time we weren't sure if the bugs were what was exactly causing the infernal, the artificial infernals to turn into infernals, essentially, and causing these humans to combust. But then we got the official confirmation from it, seeing it happen in action. And he straight up puts one of these bugs from the jar onto this kid's arm, and then he gets bit or stung by this thing, and then he straight up starts to basically infernalize. But then I think at the like last second or something, somehow he didn't fully go infernal, and he basically just, from what I remember, I think he like passed out or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think and if they do that, that means that they like. In the manga, they called it the spark. Yeah, so I think that was like what maybe him potentially becoming, if not a demon, then, yeah, like a third generation pyrokinetic with an Adola burst, which is another mm-hmm. part of the whole lore. You know, this idea of people with Adola bursts and Adola links and Adola grace, which I think are like the big three that play a role in the series. So and people like Shinra, and yeah, and so sure enough, Shinra and I can't remember if Arthur also was coming with them or not. I remember Shinra, he was like, you know, flying no, his way was, over it was to... Just Shinra. Yeah, so he starts making his way over to this building, you know, investigating Company One, seeing what's going on, they're like, wait a minute. Because after the whole discussion with him and Kareem, they're like, alright, let's check out Rekka, see what he's up to, and like, wait a minute, Tamaki is missing. Well, what happened? Oh, well, she said she was gonna do this favor for Rekka and meet him at this place. Oh, no. And so... Yeah, the gang starts kind of making their way there. Of course, Shinra doesn't have to go on foot for reasons. Yeah. And uh, it makes his way there, and finally, I think, ends up stopping Rekka from wailing on uh, Tamaki. Yeah, he does. He and, saves her. Yep. And then like he does his whole, hero. you know, yeah, his tangent about being a hero, like the guy who saves the girl man or something, and, and then he... I think he spars with Rekka for a bit. I can't remember if he actually ever straight up beat him at the start of it, because I think at one point he did have some help in fighting him. Um, I know for the most part it was the the one on one that happened. Uh, it was just between the two of them, but yeah. All right. She looked at the rip, and then like Rekka kind of like so word, and then started whooping Shinra, bro. All right. <laughs> Shinra gave him the hands. Yeah, because I remember there's that one moment where finally Shinra, you know, he straight up like managed to get his foot, like just with all the anger he had at that point, and just landed one solid kick like straight into his face, and just literally, basically slammed his face into the ground, and then some, and then just with all the fire force, literal force, building up in his foot, just like obliterated his skull into the floor of this building, essentially. And I was like, okay, how is this whole thing not coming down? The structural integrity of this thing is incredible. I mean, I think that's common in anime. The structures are always really strong. Yeah. <laughs> well, kind of have to be. <laughs> but, yeah, no. And so I remember that happening, and I think that was right around the time where we're like, okay, Shinra totally whooped his ass. And then I think that was when Arthur and Karen and the others finally showed up and then the other lieutenant whose name I've forgotten uh, and yep, him, that, yeah that one yeah, and, and so they're finally you know like all if they're not already about to whoop Rekka's ass again they're like okay well maybe we can you know take him into custody or something like that and I felt like he was considering maybe using one of the bugs on himself to infernalize him or something but then we find out later on like way off in the distance one of the members of the Knights of the Ashen Flame working for the Evangelist uh, who isn't a member of the Soul Temple um, Arrow 
I believe is her name that we later find out. So she's kind of chilling off in the distance. She's like this long range, um, pyrokinetic, similar to arrows. But yeah, she like uses arrows. I think like her whole shtick was she would use it was kind of like a slingshot basically, and then she would like fire these rapid fast bolts of fire essentially. And yeah, basically locked on to Rekka and was like, okay, well, we're not going to let this guy squeal. So we're just going to get rid of him. And so in doing that, she launched an arrow and it ended up hitting the other lieutenant uh, with the hat. Like it ended up hitting him or at least one of his arms. And so he lost the arm. Yeah, it is. And then it, arm, yeah, it, yeah, went through him and took out his arm and then went through his arm and straight through Rekka's chest. Um, I think that, uh, well, no, because he got shot by a second one, because the first one went through Rekka. Uh, yeah, the first one went through Rekka, the yeah, second right, one is yeah, not sorry. Shit. Yeah, and, so, yeah, there's the first shot, first shot, hits Rekka straight through the chest, kills him, and they're all like, oh my god, sniper, and then, yeah, and so, second shot, third shot in Lieutenant's the manga, arm, and, Oh, there's a third shot? Yeah, in the, in the, in the manga, the second shot misses both of them and then the th- third shot is going to hit kareem but then the other guy i really need to yep, say his name his, yeah uh, <laughs> pushes him out of the way and it gets his arm yeah so yeah okay so yeah that's yeah so that's what happened if her yeah so there were three arrows first one hits Rekka and kills him so he's assassinated by his own people although i don't think he actually saw that coming because i don't think he knew that they were watching and yeah so arrow takes out Rekka. Um, in the name of the evangelist, what have you. And then, yeah, fires a second shot, which misses everybody, I guess. And then, yeah, fires the third one, aimed at Kareem. Other guy steps in, loses his, I think it was his right arm. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah basically, at that point, I think it's Shinran coming just trying to get the Lee? drop on the... Yeah. Yan they Lee, try to get the... That's yeah. his name. Yan Lee. Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah, Lieutenant Lee, we shall call him. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, he's wounded, so Kareem tries to help him the best he can with the available people they have there. Meanwhile, I think, like, Arthur and maybe Shinra were like, like okay, well, we'll try and, you know, put a stop to the sniper. And uh, they try to get a pen on her, and I think at one point it seemed like Shinra was getting close to finding her, but then she ended up escaping. Um, well, uh, so... So, yeah, um, well, there, he was, like, kind of helping Lieutenant Lee or whatever Kareem was, but he was kind of giving orders to Tamaki and Shinra. Shinra was, like, kind of looking for him, whatever, and kind of yeah. kind of found him. And then he had Tamaki, like, use her cat ability and literally, like, extend her tail right to where Arrow was. And then he froze that tail. And meanwhile, Arthur or Shinra is like causing like a dust storm on the inside of the factory, and yeah, trying to give them some kind of cover so that way it's harder for her to make out any targets in the building. And then he does the other tale, and um, he's asking like, "What's the plan of move?" And he's like, "Well, as snipers, he's like, once your position is like given up, that's pretty. That's like a key thing for being a sniper." Um, yeah. And- Arrow and whatever that dude's name is decided to say, see you later. I believe it's, uh, oh yeah, the big guy that's with Arrow at the start, I believe his name, the only one I caught was it was like, once again, like a nickname, which I believe was Flail, because he would have this, like, basically it looked like a like a flail or like a mace, kind of, like, you know, ball and chain with the spikes. No, this dude had a knife. Oh, that, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh yeah, that's right, because, ah, shit. Because, yeah, no, there's her, there's that guy, a guy with a knife. Was he able to make, like, copies of himself? Nope. Um, okay. You're thinking of something in the future. No, this guy was, uh, he had, like, a... His face kind of reminded me of uh, Kabuto off of Naruto. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, he was, like, kind of, like, yellow, kind of had, like, stitching on his face. Um, his head was... Uh, Oh, yeah, 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 no, I know you're referring to, yeah. Yeah, 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 So they, uh, I can't, Speedy, what's his name, man, do you know? So I say, I can't remember that guy's name. <laughs> uh, names, man. But he's, he's one of the Knights of the Ashen Flame with Arrow, but yeah, he's like, uh, his whole shtick is, yeah, he's like capable, capable of, what, like, being an imposter, essentially, or making people confused and hysterical. 
no. Or something. Uh, I think he... He's just, like, really good at close in combat is all I gathered from it. I don't really yeah, know. Kind of like, was it like a, like, it kind of looked like stitches on his body, but it went, like, across his nose or something? Like, on his chin? Yeah, it kind of, it was kind of like, almost like, stuff that you would see for animation marks on, say, like, a stuffed doll or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, and he has, like, the weird white funky hair. Um, or it's kind of like blonde, maybe like a light tan, pseudo white. I don't. I think he's bald. Or I'll find out. Speaking of what you're saying. Um, let's see. I have. We're really trying to figure out this name. <laughs> I have uh, Haran or Mirage, or Assault. Pretty sure it's Haran. Haran. Yeah, because I remember her saying, Haran, your death will not be in vain. He has those, yeah, he has those lines over his mouth and chin. Yeah, Haran. What, uh, what's his ability? Do you know? I think it's just, uh, close quarters combat. Double-sided knife in combat, preferring to fight in close quarters and hand so, yeah. in combat. He's a G, because I remember Shin, or yeah, um, they get kind of dipset, right? They kind of get out of there, and then... Um, Their first encounter with the White Clad, because at that point in time, they didn't really know about the Order, the Knights of the Ashen Flame. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think at that point, correct me if I'm wrong, but they kind of are like... They kind of, you know, get Homie into the hospital and get him taken care of, and... Uh, yeah, Lieutenant Lee... Uh, about to go home or whatever to Captain Obi. <laughs> but, like, uh, <laughs> pretty sure Tamaki falls in love with Shinra uh, through that whole ordeal. Yeah, pretty much by saving her and doing all that. I think that's really when like, she started I mean, getting the feelings for him. I really oh, like that. Um, it's kind of cool to see, like, the more religious side of it i guess so to speak because you do see a lot of like ties with like the great soul or holy soul or whatever but you don't really see much of it yeah um but yeah man, that's pretty cool to see that and then like at the near the end of that arc or before they go back they're kind of like him and kareen and shinra are talking like you know i'm gonna go back tell obi captain obi what i've seen what we've done blah 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 blah, blah. and he's like um Okay, well, if you know you need help in the future, blah blah blah, we're gonna work together on this. Like, that was like, uh, he kind of wanted to because Kareem and Rekka were like homies, you know what I'm saying? So, I guess you know, he was kind of under the guy or not guys, but the motivation of wanting to, you know, see what really changed him and make him made him take that path or whatever that he chose. And but so, yeah, it was a really cool arc. And um, I was kind of excited for Shinra to get back and tell Obi. Yeah, it felt like it was definitely a turning point in the series at that point. You know, once the white clad actually showed up, I was like, oh man, shit's getting real, real fast. <laughs> man. We thought the rookie games were fast. Honestly, I thought the whole Hibana thing was, you know, the big top tier thing. And I'm like, oh wait, no, there's more. Literally, I think the, the main thing about this first part of the season was really just the Rekka stuff. Yeah, Rekka and just kind of giving an idea for the real threat that yeah. they're facing. Introduces the uh, White Knight people. Yeah, the yeah Knights of the Ashen Flame yeah, and the whole yeah. At this at this point, they're just being called uh, the White Clad or what have you. Like once uh, Shinra does go back to uh, Company Eight and reports back to Captain Obi and Lieutenant Inawa. And yeah, you got the whole thing with Tamaki, where she's kind of like put, I guess, on some sort of, it's like a, I feel like at first it was like an actual, what was it, like some kind of like a temporary company suspension, and so they basically put her in Company 8's care for the time being until it was lifted or something. Yeah. It was pretty much a punishment for helping Reika, but it's it's pretty light, considering she wasn't actually trying to do what Reika was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she has to go to 8th Company and spend more time with Shinra. 
Gone. Let's develop oh, this ship. Let's see it sail. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm surprised nobody's talking about Tamaki and Juggernaut. I don't ship it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. it'd be too obvious anyway. I feel like but, uh, that relationship, I don't know if it's going to become like this, but I feel like it's more of I'll die saving you kind of relationship. Oh, uh, don't you even. I'll, don't I, again, I don't know. You. I don't know. Because I'm already in season two, okay? I've, I've gotten to the point I feel like you're kind of winking at there. But, uh... Dude, why the fuck would you say something like that, man? Hey. I, <laughs> I have not spoiled anything because I don't know if that's going to happen or not. He's, he's, got, he's got a point, he's got a point. But I, I get where he's coming from, but at the same time... It's just like moment... the relationship I get from, especially Juggernaut. Like, I feel like that's the kind of thing that would happen. But, yeah, well, you know, it could not, it could not. You never know. So anyway, um, next, the, uh, they, uh, yeah, so they kind of, like, are talking to Obi and, you know, like, yada, yada, yada lower down like it is possible for infernals to be artificially created by these bugs in these jars so yeah they uh they get back and i believe this is where they go and uh, actually i'm drawing a blank here speedy help me out well, i think i yeah so, so they the do next the whole is, uh, investigation company one company seven right um, actually, there's an investigation into the preacher thing first. Uh, yeah. And that comes before Seven, Company Seven. Okay. Um, they, first I think they go see the Amaterasu. Yeah. Which is the energy plant that makes all the energy for yeah. Tokyo powers Empire. Up, uh, yeah, powers up the Tokyo Empire or New Tokyo or... I, I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, I will just say that. Yeah, the Tokyo Empire. Yeah, and then I then we meet um, all eight captains as well. At least we did in the manga. This happened before Company Seven, but uh, we meet all all eight captains have to go and meet with the um, emperor. I think. Yes, sir. Ruffles. Ruffles have ridges. Yeah, Ruffles the, the third. third. Yeah. And Shinra and um, Tamaki go with. I think they all get like a lieutenant or two or a subordinate or two to take with them. So, so yeah, yeah. we meet all eight captains. Uh, I'm going to read them off. A captain of Company One is Leonard Burns. Captain Company Two is Gustav Honda, and he's he's the bald one with the mustache. He does a Honda. Yes. Company Military. Three is Doctor Giovanni, aka uh, Team Rocket's leader. Yep. Uh, company Four is Soichiro. Hog or Hag, depending on what language you speak. Yep. And he's like an old man with like these three glasses, and yeah, these things. three scars across yeah. his face. Uh, company five is Princess Hibana, as we've met before. Company six is Kayoku Huang, and then company s- I'm not gonna say company eight. That's Obi. But company seven is Benimaru Shinmon. And Conroe as his lieutenant, and that, that's, I believe. In the manga, at least, I, I'm assuming they did in the anime too. Uh, that's when they pretty much say that he's serious and um, is like the strongest soldier in the Fire Force. One hundred percent. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He's my favorite character. I love Benny Maro. It, it's for me. He's kind of like if you took. Kimpachi's Swear to God, I knew you were going power. to say Kimpachi. I know, I know. He reminds me of Kimpachi's physical power, just combined with like that, you know, that sort of semi lackadaisical kind of attitude of, say, Kisuke. I think he more reminds like, me of Gojo, yeah. but more serious. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But th- that's my take. Anyway, we meet the uh, Emperor, Raffles the Third. Yep. Which I is an old man, apparently. Yes, Honestly, is yeah, dressed yeah. like the Pope. You would yeah, think that's in, like, what I was about to say. He, yeah, I was given the vibes of definitely like, okay, this this is like a Pope-like figure. Which I'm it kind of makes here. sense, considering the Church integrates into the Empire. 
is integrated yeah, into the that's Empire. true. It's like permeated throughout the government and everything in that whole that country just in general. Yeah, and so the em- Emperor says that the, the Fire Force companies are like supposed to consider like the evan- ju- the evangelist, the enemy and stuff. And that's when Benny Marsh is like, this is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, like, I no. don't need to be in this meeting. I'm out. See ya. Hey, I'm gonna do what I want to do. Dude, yeah. He literally just tells all of them to just on you shove it (laughs) see ya this has nothing to do with me literally which is really cool and then um then we see the joker again for a little bit yeah he was talking to someone yeah did they say who that someone was in the anime yet shinner no who the who joker was talking to oh yeah 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 he uh he, he did that off, like, when he's down in the computer. No, that was off rip. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking, what's his name? Um, liked. Or liked. Licked. 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 L-I-C-H-T. Leaked. It's German. for. Leaked. Yes, okay, yeah. Leaked. Light, I think. I guess yeah. I'm wrong. Doc- I'm sorry, German, to Doc- listen to this, and I'm wrong. Dr. Leaked. Liked. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. And so... He- you gotta so, he be, so he ends up becoming like if I'm not mistaken Company 8's brand new science officer who's originally from uh, Hygema Industries correct and but so, that's, in a, that's yeah. in a later arc yeah, yeah. Um, that's not yet the, but. the whole thing with the preacher stuff is mostly um, going to the cap capital meeting the emperor and all that stuff but it was nice because we did got to see did get to see joker again um yeah he sees uh shinra walking around and he says uh that his brother sho kusakabe Someone that he should be uh, someone he looking should, into. Yeah, because it's a point of he will find his brother if he keeps going after the evangelist and the white hoods. Yeah, he basically teases to him, yeah, your brother's not dead. And then plot twist, we go and look at the white clads and the Knights of the Ashen Flame, and who was the commander of the Knights of the Ashen Flame? Spoiler alert! It's Sho Kusakabe. Oh... I think he's only like thirteen too. Yeah, no, I I honestly I thought he was straight up like twelve or something. <laughs> I was like this th- this guy straight up looks like he's ten years old, holding a. I want to say it was a katana, but there's a good chance it actually could have been just like a normal great sword or no, something. No, it's a it's a katana because I think later okay, in the same katana. fight he hits okay. with the back of it. And right. It, it's too too small to be a great sword. Okay. Okay. Like a great sword, or just kind of more of like a traditional, like England English old English style, you know. That kind of sword is a blade on both sides, and yeah. since he is able to hit with the back of it, so it's mainly that's just more yeah, like a okay. katana. So, yeah, because katanas only have the one side as a blade. Anyway, yeah. So, um, uh, Shinra's brother is a commander of the uh, Knights of the Ashen Flame. So that was a kind of surprising. I didn't actually expect that. I didn't know what happened yeah. to his brother. Like, I figured he was still alive. Yeah, that was I didn't kinda expect like a... him to be part of that, though. Yeah, no, I figured, okay, either he's alive or he's dead, and we're going to get the actual reason for why he's dead. It could have gone either way. And they're like, yeah, no, no, he's he's alive. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, and he's the commander of the people you're trying to stop, the white clad, the Knights of the Ashen Flame. Like, ah, neat. And then uh, after that, after that all talk with Joker, Shinra's all like, why is my brother doing this? Am I going to have to fight him and stuff? And he's, he basically like comes to like his resolve and is like, all right, bro, I'll save you for mom. Ah, yes, for mother, mother. So we go back to Company 8 where there's a bunch of paperwork. 
which I kind of like things like this, like the intermediate transitional things. Yeah. Because they, they still have to do some more research and stuff onto the uh, White Hoods and the Evangelist. Yeah. So they just spend spend some time doing that. Uh, Arthur, Arthur's like dying. Literally dying. <laughs> Turning into a skeleton. So it's, it's kind of funny. And apparently... Uh, the lieutenant is a very good cook. Heck yeah, he is. Um, so, good on him. Cooking is fun, Blake. Yeah, it is. See? That looked really good, Blake. I, I just need more recipes, honestly. Right now, the next one I am set to make, it's not as healthy as the last recipe I did. It's actually kind of like a different, yet similar take on the Popeye's fried chicken sandwich but like you better the best one of the fast food yes oh yeah but this one's supposed to be like the best of that best so like the bougiest okay. you can imagine luckily the, <laughs> the ingredients to make it sandwich yeah luckily the ingredients aren't too they're bougie but they're not gonna you know break the bank or anything it's not gonna cost like 50 dollars for like a small like an ounce so should should be okay i've never really fried that much i think i tried a stab at making fried chicken sandwiches once. Honestly, it's just straight up chicken thighs for all you folks out there who like food. It's literally just someone took a pair of chicken thighs, flattened them out a little bit, and then just kind of coated them in a breading flour and then just basically tossed it in a fryer. Yeah. I really like Popeye's chicken sandwiches, to be honest. They are, I'm not going to lie, they're pretty dang good. Now, I, I will say, I guess in terms of like texture... I prefer the texture and, like, the breading of, say, like, the Chick-fil-A spicy chicken over the Popeye's chicken just because it's basically, it's a spicy chicken sandwich, but the breading itself, like, there's no spice to it, really. It's just kind of like, you know, a normal, you know, ch chicken breading on it, essentially. And really what makes it isn't even so much just the chicken itself, but that spicy mayo that they use to go with it. But, yeah. Which is something that I like over the Chick-fil-A spicy because they don't actually like put any fancy sauces on their spiced chicken sandwiches. All right, so uh, chicken sandwiches are good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> America, we like our chicken. That's fair. All right, so next up, um, after all that transitional stuff, uh, they they did uh, make a report. Um for company eight and then um it kind of gives us a little glimpse of how company eight was formed so there's like a flashback um and it's yeah. it's about uh it starts with uh hinawa yeah that's what i thought it was yeah, he was in the military them having a flashback and yeah so, maki was there too she was also in the military um but hinawa had this friend um um, in the military and stuff and then he like they were talking about getting the gun baptized and all of that stuff and then as soon as the guy's introduced he turns into an infernal yeah because why, why not like... introduce a character just to kill them you know literally you gotta have emotional weight somehow <laughs> <laughs> so anyway he has to he his friend turns to the infernal and then he's supposed to shoot him but then he's like not able to yeah he he basically fails to end his suffering with his gun yeah so but uh, other people show up and shoot him but the fact that he yeah. couldn't was confusing for him actually but anyway but then uh there was did you say the reason that Hinawa couldn't do it was confusing like he he was confused why he couldn't do it. Oh, he was like, "Why couldn't I do that?" But it's because it was his friend. He had an emotional attachment to the person. No, goober. It's because that gun wasn't baptized. He didn't baptize oh, his guns. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Baptized guns. He's like, oh. and then all of a sudden they're like, forgot about that part. Back in the Marine Corps, dude, just bop, 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 bop. <laughs> right up. No questions asked. And uh. Um. Yeah, dude, that's kind of heartbreaking to see for you know because I was like, man, you could have did it, dude. 
but you didn't. Should have baptized your gun, bro. But um, yeah, man. And then like it kind of like shows Obi, right? Yeah. Um, Obi's just a regular firefighter at this time. Um, but then an infernal was spotted, and Company Three shows up. Yeah, Company Three. For bunch of We don't like Company Three in this flashback because they're like trying to make a game out of it. Like reward points for yeah, yeah, yeah dude, this is not cool stuff. Not cool stuff. And like Obi's like, yo, this is wrong. And they're like talking about the one that's like going crazy over here being, you know, more uh, worth more points and a higher va- or a higher priority than this the lady. Ones, yeah. This lady's husband that's sitting over there literally just with- enduring the flames. Um, and she kind of comes up, the old lady comes up and is like, excuse me, sir, like talking to the captain of company three it was like my husband's in there like patiently enduring these flames like can you go in there and like you know put him out of his misery right now please and he's like fire or special fire force protocol ma'am and just like walks off and um like the biggest douche move ever dude like get out of here with that attitude yeah and obi being obi was like nah fam ma'am if you would like i can take it upon myself um Yada yada yada. Like I can, I'll do this, so to speak. Um, I'll go put him out of his misery at this moment, and then I believe you know it kind of like pipes up and introduces uh, himself. Yeah, introduces himself to Obi and's like, "Hey, I'm I'm Sergeant Hinawa of the blah 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 blah." blah. Tokyo Imperial <laughs> Army. Yeah, Tokyo Imperial Army, and uh, you know, I'll I'll give you some help. And it was kind of a cool thing to see because you don't really get like too much development from Hinoa. Yeah. And at this point, like Obi, they're standing in front of this doorway and uh, to this, you know, where that infernal is just patiently waiting for him. And Obi's like, you know, that's that's special fire force territory. You sure you want to cross that line? And Hinoa kind of says, like, compared to like the pain that that dude in there is going through right now, like uh, I can handle it. And I was like, that's cool. That's really cool to see. So, like, you know, they go in there and it's it's kind of cool to, like, see, like, a formation of, you know, those Maybe. two kind of, like, the unofficial formation. Yeah. And the prayer and then, like, it kind of fades out to, like, you know, the gunshot. And Obi's like, I want you to, Obi's like, you know what, I'm going to start a fire force company, the investigate stupid stuff like this, but we'll make sure it doesn't happen. I want you to be my lieutenant. And I was like, huh? Uh, it was a beautiful kinda, start. You know, he was kind of not given an option. Um, and yeah, so the rest is kind of history, dude. But it was it was a great, great little friendship there at the beginning. It was. Um, so Company 8 was formed. Like magic. And uh, also... Um, I think it, uh, after, right after it was formed, uh, Hinawa said, um, or suggested that they should get Maki to join. Yeah, because uh, um, she's solid, a solid uh, person of her, like her, uh, she's trustworthy. There we go. In the manga, he says, she's the nicest person I know and always puts others first. And he, I think she'd fit right into your company eight. Yes, it's very similar to what they said in the anime, I believe, if not word for word. Yeah. But um, yeah, dude, it's really cool. And then from there, I believe they kind of just talk about going to see your boy, huh? Uh, Shinra does mention um the thing about his brother. Oh yeah, because they're at dinner and he like. Like actually, which is something uh, I really uh, appreciated because some stories they like hide it until it's like it happens, and it's too late, you know. Yeah, and it, it's kind of showing him like leaning on them a little bit, like yeah, he trusts them. But he's actually like, yeah. So this actually is kind of bothering me. Like this is what's up. This is what's happening. Um, and they kind of like reiterate like they're going to 
they're there to help people, not like, you know what I'm saying? So regardless of, um, oh, good Lord, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> um, yeah, man. So like, basically Obi was like, well, our mission prerogative is still the same. Um, but basically we can add that like, we need to like help you save your brother. Yeah. It was nice. Of him. Yeah. And like, they were all cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, boom. And Kishina was like, I don't want to fight him. And that's like me trying to say, like, like my little brother, like, would be, you know, the leader of whatever. And like, I'd ha- like, dude, I want to save this dude rather than fight him. And they're like, well, our mission is to save people. So it fits right, al- fits right along the prerogative. So, and I, I found that really touching and cool to see, like, that side of Obi and Hino you know, and everybody, like, kind of just be there for him. And even Arthur meat back on freaking plate, dude. <laughs> I loved it. But, um, yeah, dude, Arthur's smug face putting those slices of meat back on, uh, sushini back on, uh, Shinner's plate was probably one of the funnier parts I've seen. So, after, uh, Company 8 all talks about their investigations and stuff, they, um, found out that they need to go to Asakusa which is where company 7 is yes and in in, the, in the chapter we like kind of see Benimaru talking with people and like it seems like everyone really likes him and stuff he's he's kind of like the unofficial town mayor yeah kind essentially, of essentially yeah, of this little village very beloved by the people too the small town and- and if I'm not mistaken, so there's this one, like, brief, uh, kind of, like, lore in the story that I wasn't too, um, sure about that I found kind of confusing, which was they kind of referred to Benimaru, um, as being proto-nationalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Genovi, Giovanni, the third captain, said that. Right. And I was like, okay, well, then what does, what does that mean in terms of this world? what is a proto-nationalist like that was something i never fully understood i just assumed it was some kind of like a term for either someone who used to be in the military or somebody who's familiar with combat i i don't know well a proto-nationalist is simply someone that wants to like promote nationalism okay okay Um, so kind of like collectivist but i mean he was saying that in response to benimara saying i don't care about your god uh, so, yeah. you know, it's. No, I'm pretty sure they are like technically quote unquote proto or pro nationalists. Um, because later on yeah. in the story, Conor says something to Arthur about it. Which is weird. About, like, I don't really view Company Seven or Asakusa as nationalists. Well, and yeah, exactly, and it's like because if I'm not mistaken, I believe in the lore. It's mentioned that, uh, at least for the town of Asakusa and Company 7, that they are, um, I don't believe they are supported by the Holy Soul Temple. So mm-hmm. I don't believe they have any actual priests to yep. help with the cleansing of infernals. No, they just do their own thing. and Yeah, pretty much they have to look after their that? own. And that's where old Benny Boy comes into play. Yeah, yep. and so uh, Company 8... Uh, goes to Asakusa and meets Benimaru. And that is where we are going to have to end our podcast this week. Unfortunately, because there's still a lot more to talk about, and I don't want a three-hour episode. This is a 24-episode. Yeah. Yeah. He meant a three-hour podcast. No, I meant, like, this is kind of a longer anime, I well, guess. Well, the other two we did were 24 episodes. Yeah, I was going to say, you actually Oh, yeah, so it's, it follows the standard formula in terms of episode count. However, I do think this series also did try to squeeze in, like, a lot yeah, of I think there's just a lot of history. stuff to talk about in a small, yeah, a lot to unpack. small amount of time. Yeah, because we still have the nether arc, and then also, well, that's... We have Asakusa, Vulcan's Workshop, and the Netherworld. Yes, yes. But I think so we can three. get through those easily faster. I think the Vulcan's workshop won't take that much time. 
<laughs> I, think the, I think the netherworld is what's going to take the most time, but that'll be fine. Part three will just be a little longer, probably closer to a two-hour episode, but... Deal with it! <laughs> exactly. So... You'll, you'll love us. That'll that'll be it for this podcast. Uh, next week, we start the Asakusa arc. We love you. Like I said, Company 7, Benny Morrow is the captain, my favorite character. Yeah. I love him. And Lieutenant Conroe. And Lieutenant Conroe. He's pretty great, too. Oh, yeah. Um, and we will definitely finish Fire Force next week. Yes. And also yes. introduce a cool idea we have for our 10th episode. I will do that at the end of the next episode as well. Okay. A special 10th episode. Heck yeah. Event. It'll be fun. So, as always, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you very much, guys. We appreciate you all over the world. So have a good, have a good day, good night, good evening, good morning. See ya. Good night and good luck.